0: Welcome to the Ben Real Podcast with your host, Ben Nevarez.
1: Howdy. This is Benjamin Nevadas and this is the Coach Band Podcast. Wanna thank y'all if you have tuned in this is podcast number two and today we have on dr jay salivar um just happy want to thank you all for for continuously listening and and um just welcome jay to the podcast jay how are you i'm doing well ben thank you for having me oh thank you for having me on so jay was the he had me on just has had me on twice now and so you go give him give him a give him a shout go give him a look on podbean or apple Podcasts, i believe uh and anywhere else I, I, don't, I don't know where else where are you
0: uh so we just just got onto pandora and should be on spotify
1: there you go so the Creo podcast the uh, college readiness right is, is that what it is uh it's a college readiness
0: podcast it's the podcast is called the way to college and basically it's a play on words right so it's turning um college into a into a verb and so when we say uh, so it's not only how people get there but how they navigate how they do college and then you know ultimately find their their path in life
1: I suppose (laughs) so I was I said your name to somebody and I said it out loud creo like Uh does that mean was it an intention to mean like creed creo no so creo is um uh
0: I mean, there was intentionality in it, behind it, like, to, to, I guess, creo, like, um, also, like, creer, to believe. Um, So, I, we hadn't even thought about, you know, I think, creed, you know, we were thinking, like, we were just looking for an acronym when we were trying to put, you know, uh, words together, like, what do we do? What is it that we do? Um, And so, you know, Think it just it just fit. We like the way it sounded, um but no, we hadn't even thought about like creed kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I don't know I just I said it out loud the other day, and, and I thought it was kind of interesting. So, how did you decide that you wanted to do like podcasting? I mean, you, you you're here now, right? And so you've got a journey that that's led you here. um mm-hmm. Why why podcasting of all things? And and why are you doing uh, a non visual podcast and, and doing? in audio rather than having both is that a plan or what has led you here um so
0: i think uh, i've got to go back a little bit um initially the first podcast i started was actually through my work at the university the university of texas Rio grande valley i was on a flight to las vegas (laughs) and i was listening to a, a ted talk on a podcast the ted radio hour and it was about the hero's journey and so, just real quickly, right—the hero's journey is a uh, is a is a literary concept in that the hero, right, there are these three points that a hero goes through: the like the beginning, the middle, and the end, right? And um, for me, it, it struck a chord because I, as I, I've worked with students, first-year college students now since two thousand three, and I thought, wow, this is something our students could relate to, like in in this literary concept. So I get back, I'm really excited about it. I talked to my uh, a colleague of mine who oversees like first year programming. And I said, hey, let's start a podcast. And, you know, hopefully students will listen to it, but but it'll be a space where we bring in um, professors and staff and, and they can talk about the things that they're doing at the university, bring in students and get some student voice on there, but, but create a space where the two could talk and communicate. And, um, you know, the podcast is still running. I, I've, uh, I've kind of let go of the, of the reins of that one and, and I've given it over to some of our students. So they lead it, they oversee it. That podcast is the, um, the FYE podcast. Um, and, uh, so that's on, um, that's also on Apple podcasts and on, um, SoundCloud and I think Spotify, but you know, that's in year four, that was a lot of fun. And I think for me, I couldn't do it for work. I'm like, I just had a full plate at this point. And so I started this consulting work with a couple of colleagues um, and friends. And I thought, you know, I still miss the podcast. I still, I like, I enjoy doing the podcast and getting on and talking to people. I just enjoy talking to people, Ben. (laughs) So I, you know, I I was telling, I was telling a a mutual friend of ours, Aaron, I said, you know, I, I think for me, the ideal job, like the dream job would be a job where I just sit and talk with people. And and I would be like, I would be so happy to like have coffee with somebody and just sit and talk and pick people's brains and share ideas and get their stories. Um, but getting back to your question, right? Our pod, the podcast, the way to college podcast, I created it because because a few years ago, I was a friend gave me a book and it was like how people make it. And I was looking at all the stories and the stories weren't I didn't see anybody that I could relate to. I didn't see any, um, I didn't see any brown faces. I didn't see people like Latinos. And I thought, you know, we're, we're surrounded by people that are really successful. Um, I mean, if I look at you and even in your, you know, you having kind of, you know, I know your stories now, so ups and downs and, and, and then, you know, I think your brother's doing well, parents doing well, right. Uh, Family's doing well. And, And I think we're surrounded by good stories and success stories. We don't share those stories enough. And I thought, you know what, I wanna create a space, I want a podcast where, where people share their stories, but also to kind of reinforce the idea that there's no straight path. This idea that we sell kids on that, you know, if you do this, this, and this, you'll get here. It's okay that you don't know where here is. Like if you're 17, 16, 17, 18, I, I kind of think it's a little unrealistic to think that you know what you're going to be doing for the next 30, 40 years of
1: your life. Um, what, <laughs> what is, what the, is the age? You know, I, I feel like I'm here now in 24 and uh, even now I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I had somebody that I have tra- I trained a couple of clients this morning and one of them said that she was reading a book and in that book, it, that they rec they said that most people don't find out what they're supposed to do until they're 40 and i'm like oh my gosh and she's like yeah don't tell me that i don't want to know that i don't want to know that oh, All <laughs> the last 40 years of my life have been just for fun and games this is ridiculous and now i'm supposed to figure it out it's just like is it really 40 or is it 30 or is it is there an age is it unique to every every single person and i think i think the the last the latter is the, is probably the most likely it's different for everybody um, and what, at what point do you feel like you're maybe like, like more on your track? Um, I, I think, you know, and, and I
0: don't know what the number is. I don't know what the age is. And I think the people who are happiest, I would say this, are the people that have found work and experiences that are consistent with who they are and what's important to them. And, you know, I've I've got a colleague, he's a retired public school educator and he he also, he's one of our consultants with Creo. He's, you know, and I hope, I I hope I'm right on this. He's like, I don't know, 63, 64. And he's always taking on new things. And he always says, "I, I get excited because it's a new thing for me to learn. So for him, it, it feels like at least in my conversations with him, the thing that he cares most about is learning. And so every, he looks at every opportunity, you know, you would think like, oh, at his age, he, he's, he's retired, like, you know, he collects, you know, retirement um, from the state of Texas and he, he can sit back and say, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm gonna go fishing or, you know, I'm gonna go travel, but he loves to work. He loves the work that he does. He's always looking to take on new things Like, uh, you know, I know if there's something comes along, I can shoot him an email and he's like, yeah, when, when do we do that? When you want to, when you want to get on that, let's get on it. Um, And so I love that enthusiasm. I, I think, I think figuring out, finding out what it is that, that is important to you is I think what's most important. And so it's not about finding like that one job. It's about having those experiences that all feed that, that are all consistent with that. Um, I love taking on way too many things and it's probably not a good thing, but I love that. I don't like, I don't like being, um, what is it? Just stagnant. I don't like that. Um, I used to go crazy in summers and I would like figure out what am I going to fill my time with? Because I want to be doing something. And if it's, uh, if it's mentoring, if it's, building something i just want to be busy and i want to contribute i want to contribute in some way um that's what i enjoy and that's what's important
1: to me um is it i mean having all i was having this conversation with myself the other day um and i, I i've tried to start a couple of new businesses and doing the podcast and trying to do work and then also doing school uh i was thinking like at what point is it too much or is there ever a time where it is too much and you should drop a couple things and then focus um so then you know instead of having an event this friday or tomorrow i ended up saying okay maybe maybe today is not the time or now is not the time Um, and for me it was just a matter of just having the conversation and talking out loud and having that verbal conversation that's why i am the same way like sitting down and talking with people helps me kind of mind map out loud I have a wall, I have a mirror that I just kind of like put all the things on. Um, mm-hmm. I've been recommending people do journals and you're like, you should journal, you write everything down. Um, talking out loud works for some people. What What is the thing that kind of helps you figure out if you're doing too many things and then how to narrow and focus on, on something? That's a good question.
0: Um, so, you know, earlier I said I've been working with first year students, college students for a long time. And uh, I, you know, I always, when students are in my class, I always tell them that it's, uh, I, I kind of see my role as like a life coach. <laughs> so, you know, because I, I, I help kids with goal setting and things like that, um, managing their time and whatnot. And um, I think knowing you, I, I, my sense is that's the type of person you are, right? You're, you know, you do personal training. So you help people get better and i feel like if we're you're in this business in this kind of field you're really critical of yourself and i'm i'm incredibly critical of myself so i have my planner and i getting to a planner for me is is a huge step cuz i was never a planner guy never like that in high school wasn't like that in college since then i'm i'm much better about my time um and and it's easy for us to kind of get really critical of ourselves right um I think one, like before we even get engaged in a conversation about what is it, what do we need to do or what what's that that can help us? One thing I think is one, I don't think we should be as so critical of ourselves. I think we need to be a little easier on ourselves. And I, I say that full well, knowing full well that I am still going to be critical, yeah. right? But it's something I have to remind myself of, reinforce myself of. The, one of the good things about these conversations that I have with people is I like to ask them, um, why they're successful. And, um, and I think for some of them, they don't see themselves as successful. And I, I think, and sometimes like if you're in the business that we are, I think it's easy to dump on ourselves. You've accomplished a lot. I have accomplished a lot, you know, more so than a lot of people around us. And I think we need to acknowledge that and embrace that. Say, like, we, we've we done quite a bit.
1: I and think it's hard to remember it. a lot of times, to be honest with you. Like, you, you, you saying it out loud, I'm sitting here thinking, like, yeah, I really haven't done that much. Like, <laughs> I've done some things, yeah. But I still, like, I feel like there there's so much in this life that we have the ability to accomplish. And there's no way that we're oh, going to yeah. accomplish all of it. But, like, it's endless. It really is it, endless. It, and
0: it, it is. And I, I think you just got to, though, like, okay, Ben, you're 24. 24, right? Yeah. Okay college educated, you know, you have a degree from Texas A&M University. Okay, so one, right, world-renowned university. Um, you competed on a global stage, right, as a power lifter, yes? Yeah. Okay, Um. so I imagine in your lifetime, how many people before you went to A&M, how many people did you know that went to A&M with the, and have a degree from A&M? did you know a lot of people that had gone before i got to nm not very many not very many how many people do you know did you know before you competed before you even started powerlifting how many people did you know who competed for team usa powerlifting in worlds on a world stage two one (laughs) two two three (laughs) you are part of that number like that's insane ben um it is yeah, wild when you think of rest. it like
1: that, for sure. Like, you put it into respect, when you put it into perspective, it, it, it is wild to think about, Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. It is yeah. It's kind of crazy.
0: Um, one thing I think we got to do is we got to stop looking at other people and comparing ourselves to other people. And I, I think, you know, social media, I think, doesn't help because we see people and people. Nobody wants to put their failures up there. Everybody wants to put their success. But I think I think like you've just got to take right, put it into perspective. You asked me though, what what's one thing that that I think helps me, and and I need to be better about it. I ask my students to do it, and I I see it, and I see the power that it has. Is I always ask them to create a vision board, and and I tell them not the not to put. So I would tell them to focus on four things: the home, the home life that they want, the um, the relationships, um, their so, home, relationships, their, their like well-being, and I forget, right now I'm forgetting the fourth, but it's funny because when I ask them to talk about, like, home, they they put a picture up there, like this big extravagant home, and I always remind them, don't worry about what the home looks like, pay more attention to how the home makes you feel, and so, you know, I, I tell them like, where, where do you feel kind of the most love the most? Right. And so, you know, I, I live in my grandmother's old house that I bought, I bought off a family member. I was raised here. This is where the bus dropped me off every day. That's cool. And it's a small home. Right. And it's a fixer upper and solely like I, you know, try and fix up, you know, different parts of it, but man, like the memories that I have here and how I felt, and the kind of love and support, like where, how I felt was that was what's important to me. And so, you know, I, I always tell my students, you know, my parents, when I first started working at the university, my first paycheck, my salary was more than both of my parents, what my parents made combined when I was in high school. And I tell them, I, I don't have kids that don't have a family, right, per se. I don't know if I could give them the kind of life that my parents gave me. And that's, I think that's important, right? It wasn't about what we owned, it wasn't about where we lived, but it was about those memories and the moments, you know, I never went without anything. And my parents did a good job of convincing me. Like I thought I was middle-class until I was filling out the FAFSA. And I was like, holy crap, we're poor. <laughs> <laughs> great, I'll get more money. But man, I, I was like, wow, mom and dad, you you did a great job. Yeah. Like, um, I never went without. and. Well, and I think and and I think about when we do the, the vision board, I always tell them, if you break it down, what is it that's most important to you? Because, you know, regardless of how big the house is, you know, how what are you gonna fill it with? And who are the like the relationships then, like the kinds of friendships you want, your relationship with your partner, um, and then your personal well-being, right? What do you want to look like when you're 40 or 50? Right. Look at mom and dad. If mom and dad are ailing or or mom, you know, I um, I lost a bunch of weight a couple of years ago because because my dad has shoddy knees and my mom's diabetic. And I thought, I don't want that for me. And I'm going to do everything I can so that I'm healthy, as healthy as I can be moving forward. And so thinking about those things versus, you know, I want to drive this kind of car and I want to have this much money. Great. But what about all of these other things? And so I always, I, I always like to start the semester off with that vision board. And then I, th- and then think about like, really break it down. And what is it that you value? Is
1: what it is something it that you revisit? Like, is that something like, that? I, I like that idea. Um, is it something that you have them revisit, like at the end of the semester or. Um, something, we, like something we always you revisit go back in your own life. We, we
0: always go back because then there's a project that, that that a lot of other classes like ours do and it's it's called a self-regulation project. And um, I ask the students to pick a goal, a short-term goal, something that they wanna accomplish in the semester. But I, then I always tie it back to that vision board. Okay, this vision board, the life that you wanna create for yourself, that's long-term down the road. Part of that is gonna be getting that degree, right? Because that's not only about, like the degree gets your foot in the door, but the degree like nobody can take that away from you right that's that's learning that's for you that's enhancement personal growth this short term goal does it contribute to that cuz if it's not contributing to that then chances are you're not going to pay attention you're not going to focus you're not going to give the time commitment um and so yeah i try and connect it throughout the semester we'll revisit let's go back to that vision board let's talk about you know these the things that you want to do and we'll even revisit as we think about like majors, right? And careers. And okay, why do you want to do that job? Well, because mom and dad said it makes a lot of money. Is that important to you? Is it, you know, what is it? You know, let's go back to the vision board. What is it that's most important to you?
1: Is it really at the money? Um,
0: and so, yeah, so that's that's you know, I I with with more years of experience in doing this. You know, every year I feel like I find more ways to connect everything together. And so then I can be real deliberate about let's do this. How does this connect to this? How does that connect to that?
1: So I've, I like that. And, you know, using a vision board, giving yourself some grace. Um, what What is the thing that kind of keeps you grounded if you will you know like if you're moving around a lot you know you have the the vision board is one thing is is there something that you do like like i know that you started running a lot i see you running all the time is that something that you use to clear your mind and give yourself some headspace or do you you know meditate do you mean what is it that you do
0: um so i i you know i struggle with finding time for myself and i think For me, um, because I think I'm generous, I'm too generous with my time. And so, you know, my wife gives me a hard time, reminds me of it. Like, you know, if if somebody wants, needs me for something, I'll go and I'll volunteer and I'll do this and I'll do that. Um, And so running, I've always run. And whether it was a mile or two miles, my father got me into running in high school. Um, And so, yeah, that's, I feel like, like that's sacred time for me. So I've got to get it in early in the morning, but it, for me, it's a great way just to start my morning, just to clear my head. Um, and whether it's a run or it's yoga or, or, or weights or something, just that getting that movement in the morning, I think is really important for me. And it's, it's, um, it's always been a part part of me. Do you run every day? Uh, I, I get out, I'll do three to four days a week of running. Um, but I do something every day. Um, every day so whether it's weights or yoga i do something every day i don't i don't go a day i can't go a day do you have a gym
1: there at the house (laughs) you I what do you have a gym there at the house
0: no i mean i've got weights i've got a bunch of free weights i've got yoga mats and so i'll do you know i'll do stuff
1: there you have enough Um, to, to to do anything you need yeah
0: pretty much that's freaking cool pretty
1: much i like that i mean i think that like having to lift weights or having to keep your body moving is something super important um and, and every, every single day even if it's a walk in the morning like it absolutely. makes such a big difference oh yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah. jay um i'm going to down to the valley today uh, mm-hmm. go pick some tamales from 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 down there uh go <laughs> go visit ray and go visit people um i think it'd be kind of cool to to meet up if you have time i know you know you gotta can't get if there's time available i think it'd be kind of cool
0: yeah. Let me know. Let me know. We can, we can
1: meet up somewhere. I will. And so. How is what else? Do you have, what else do you have going on today? Oh, my gosh.
0: Um, so I'm, I'm still working. Classes are over, but but I, I have this like hybrid administrative role. So I've got um, I've got a couple of meetings today. I, I help oversee a, a big group of student the student employees mentors and uh we call them our success gurus so we've got a kind of end of the year zoom <laughs> um celebration that i've got this afternoon um i'm looking forward to this break though because i'm going to force myself not to focus on work um because if if i i can easily allow that to kind of just overwhelm me um so even during the break you're still working even during the the break, I mean, there's always something. I've always got something on my plate. I've I've always like I've got to think about okay, what fires am I going to have to put out at the beginning of the semester? Um, how do I, you know, I'm, I'm in my job. It's I because I teach, but not only that, I I do um, student enrollment work on like just communicating with students, getting out large, you know, emails to like hundreds of students, thousands of students, um, and so. So you know, getting—I got an email from—I uh, oversee like thirteen faculty members. So I got an email yesterday about can you know—is there a sample syllabus? And So making sure that that's available, getting resources to them.
1: Um, are you so s- are you still involved with a, with Adcatch? Like, do you do this this like, this this Creo stuff with people from from Adcatch at all?
0: No, I mean I, I've got a couple of people following us, but you know, I think. Um. And not that I don't want to, um, I've reached out and I've just made myself available. And, and I always tell people, you know, I've got friends um, on social media whose, whose kids are in college or, or in high school um, and they know they can reach out to me and then I'll let them know. I mean, I'm not I, I'm not gonna charge them to talk to their kids and give them some advice. I'm not gonna do that. Um, and so I'm, I'm always happy to do that, but, you know, haven't haven't had many takers um, for whatever reason, I'm sure the pandemic has had a lot to do with that. Um, but you know, i wherever I can help and whatever I can help with, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to visit sit down with students, talk to students.
1: I enjoy that. so do you want to to expand creo to to be larger than I would like it to be you
0: know my colleague and I we were talking about yeah. Uh, you know, even national, could we go national? Could we go regional? Could we go anywhere else in the state of Texas? And absolutely, I, I think our niche, our niche is, you know, we know Latino students, right? We know, we've, we've worked with them for, you know, combined over probably 30, 40 years now. Um, so we know a lot about them. There are a lot of, of areas, especially like if you just go around Texas, are a lot of areas with large populations of Latino students but but don't know how to connect with them, don't know how to get them to graduate, don't know how to prepare them for college. And so for us we see a lot of opportunities there, it's just a matter of making a name for ourselves. Um, And so my hope is with the podcast I'll get maybe a wider audience. Um, I think one thing I've learned from the podcast already is that it's kind of confirmed a lot of things, my own biases and what I've learned about quote unquote, success and making it, um, you know, you can, it boils down to, you know, two or three things that successful people do and um, sharing that with other people. Because I, I think we we don't teach and encourage kids to do those things. Um, it's not part of a curriculum, right? And I think too, t- too many times in schools, it's kind of like, well, we teach whatever this curriculum is, this is what we teach them not and not that it's bad right it's not to the students detriment
1: but it just doesn't teach a lot of the skills like the life skills unfortunately and i and i think i've realized that over the last little while <laughs> um just yeah i have this information but then how how do you learn how do yeah. you navigate your time how do you um You know, do all those those small things that will end up having you become successful. And I think something that I've been listening or something that I've been kind of telling myself a lot is it's really just a matter of time. The more time you put towards something. It's true, genuine time. You're going to get good at it. I, I think like I, if, if I squat five times a week for 10 years, I'm going to be a good squatter. Um, yeah. If I if I sit down and have podcasts five times a week, I'm going to finally I'm going to get good at that. Um, and that yeah. business will grow as long as you're putting the, the time towards that thing. Um, but then uh, you, knowing, you know, where to look and who to ask, and I, I think all those things become involved and learning how to have conversation are, are all big, important things that are not taught in schools, which I think is, is I think, moderately unfortunate. I think um, having friend groups and being just, like, you know, um, interacting, and I think during COVID time, is gonna, it's going to, I think we're going to see an effect from it from, from other kids and the way they're interacting with others. Um, in the future, I, I think all those things are important, um, but I think it's a matter of time and, and more time you put towards something, whether it be communicating or otherwise, you're going to get good at that thing. Um, I think it'd be kind of cool to, to have more of that in school. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's, you know, we hope to we hope to share that. I know for me, like I'm, I'm just taking notes from a lot of the, uh, the interviews and um, uh, I'd love to compile them in a book. Um, and, and just cause I see, it, I see this thread. There's a common thread with every story and, and it's just like, man, that's nobody's telling you, nobody's talking about that. You know, if we look at, I imagine, you know, I'd, I'd love to, I think interview different groups. So I'd love to interview, like, even like African-Americans and different, different ethnic groups and look at, and develop like a, like a success narrative. Like if you want to tell a story a, a success story, what are the commonalities? And I think, I think I'm onto something. I think I can, you know, I can pinpoint it. Um, I want to interview more people though. I want to collect more stories because I think, and that's it, that's it. That's what we, we, we need to be doing and we're not doing, and we're not, we're not telling people. What doing. is
1: that thing? What, what is, what is the thing?
0: So I think, um, I think one of the biggest is just, is just networking. Is kind of getting out of yourself and, and being comfortable with asking for help and that we're not encouraged to do that a lot you know i i have the hardest time getting my students to talk to other professors and to, to, to just ask for help when they need it i mean i think a lot of them come in the last me but because i think i like i for, almost force myself on my students um and require that they come and visit with me or see me but I know all of the interviews I've done they've talked about that, like if you talked about it, you talked about going to that professor right and asking about you know working in his lab and um and building those networks and that's like that's one of the critical things and if if not the most critical is building those networks and and everybody that I've interviewed has talked about those networks because you know we don't have all the answers and why not go and ask the, the person that does? Um, and so that, that's what everybody keeps talking about. Networking, the networking, making those connections, making, building those relationships.
1: Um, I wonder if it's, if it is, is it fear? I mean, like, why do people not? I mean, is it, is, is it something that we teach? I, I mean, the, I'm trying to think about what the reason that I reached out. And I think that, I mean, I was just, I was interested in this thing and maybe it's a, a level of, you know, be, being naive, but I just like, I just, I was like, man, this is, I want to know this thing. This is the person who knows that thing. Let me just ask that thing to that person. Yeah. Um, and it was really that, that simple, but I don't know, um, why others wouldn't ask. And I, I don't know what you see with your students, but, but what do you think? Is is it a fear? Is it a confidence? Is it? Um, I think it's, it's multiple things.
0: I think, um, one, they, they don't see themselves like, you know if you get to college there aren't a lot of latino professors so you see whether the professor's white or maybe foreign if they've got a heavy accent um how they react in class or their behavior in class like you know some professors are you know all business in class and and it doesn't they don't necessarily open themselves up to, to students coming up and talking to them. and i think for a lot of our students you know they've shared that with me where i don't relate to that professor or i just don't relate Right? The people in the offices, I don't relate to them. I'm much more humble, kind of quiet, reserved. Um, you talk about introverts, extroverts. A lot of my students are introverts, and they just don't. That I don't do that, right? Um, yeah, I thought I was like that. you Because know, in high school, I, I had good relationships with my friends, and I had a good network of friends, and I had good relationships with most of my teachers. But, you know, Ben, the biggest step for me was Stepping out of my comfort zone, and I remember my first semester. I struggled because, because I was the quiet kid, and I didn't, I didn't think I belonged. So I, I dealt with imposter syndrome. I didn't think I belonged. Kept asking myself, "What the hell am I doing here?" Because I was surrounded by people with gold medals and you know, <laughs> the national honor scholars. You know, hell, all of these. And I'm like, who? What the hell am I doing here? Right? Um, the president of the United States' daughter was in my class, you know, I did <laughs> all of it. I'm like, what the heck am I do here? So, you know, um participation, talking in class was a huge part of our grade. And I, I couldn't speak up. And it, there were small classes, you know, 10, 15, 20 students. So you they noticed if you didn't say anything. So I remember I was so afraid of coming home. And I always tell my students, for me it f- fear like f- the fear that i had was so great of coming home that i just said i've got to do this so i just sucked it up and i went to every professor that i had and i said you know i introduced myself and i said i'm sorry i don't talk i'm deathly afraid but i'm reading everything that you're assigning i'm doing everything that you're asking us to do except talking is hard for me because i'm really shy and they were all really amazing and they And so I'd go to office hours. Like I just made it a habit. I was in office hours every week visiting with the professors and maybe talking about assignments or if I didn't understand something. Um, And pretty soon, like I had great relationships with all of my professors. If I needed a letter of recommendation, I, I didn't, I never had to worry about who am I going to go ask? Um, You know, people to serve on a honors thesis committee. I had, I had wonderful support, but I went, and stepped out of my comfort zone and I was like, I am gonna go ask for help.
1: I absolutely love that. I, I, I the reason, so, you know, I, I got kicked out my first, after my first year. And the, my, you know, I was told, you know, you can move back to the Valley. That's okay. And I was like, I can't go home. I, I didn't graduate. Like, if I'm gonna go home, I need to come back at ease with, with a degree. And yeah. I just, I could not. So then I hustled and talked to everybody that I could. And, you know, like connected with so many different people and, and that, that fear of going back home empty handed was so, I guess, uh, motivating. It, it pushed me to, to, to talk to everybody and to do things. And I think, I think it's cool that you kind of had the same fear that not going to go back home and especially not going to go back home with with empty handed. Um It was just, yeah, and especially since I had. Several people tell me like, oh, well, he'll be there for a year and then he'll come back. Like, he, he's not he's not going to make it. And yeah. it was kind of like, damn, well, you know, fuck you. Like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to this is yeah. like I don't like it's only more mo- more motivation to get there. And and it, it's just kind of cool that you also have that kind, that same kind of that, that same kind of fear. And, and yeah. yeah. It's wild. I. So I, I always I.
0: I um, so I share my story with my students whenever I can. I always share experiences with them and just tell them, look, because a lot of our my students they they believe if I just show up to class and do my homework, I'm going to be fine. Um, that um, alone is a, is a challenge for a lot of them, just because of time. They don't know how to manage their time. But I always tell them, you know, you're going to graduate, and I, and I I'll give I'll often give talks during um, orientations. So we have countless orientations in the summer right we've got a huge student population now usually two three hundred students at a time and they always ask me to come in and give a talk so I always give the talk I'm like I'm like you know I'll, I'll tell them about resources and whatnot and, but then I'll say all of you here you're going to graduate you're going to get a degree why should I hire you and they're all like, <laughs> like like you expect that when you graduate and I'm and I apologize because I think we we tell you that schools tell you this that you're going to get your degree and the job's going to be waiting for you. And I said, that's not the way it works. Yeah. I said, you, you might find yourself with a degree without a job. And so I always tell them, why should I hire? And I'll go around the room and it's usually a big auditorium and I'll walk around and I'll say, why should I hire you? And the student like looks up and I, and, or you, why should I hire you? And I said, what are you going to do? Because everybody that's applying for that job has a degree. What are you going to do to set yourself apart? Right. What are you doing in the summers? What are you doing? You know, you're going to, you're going to get this a lot. You don't have experience and you're going to say, well, when am I supposed to get experience? But what are you going to do between now and the time you graduate? Cause now is, the, now is your opportunity to get some experience to build your resume, to build your skills and earn the degree. So think about that. That's why so I always leave them with that.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, I, I was under that same, same impression that, I, you know, once I get this degree, once, I graduated from a And M. Why am I not getting hired? Um, yeah. I applied to ninety six jobs between um, uh, my the end of my the end of my senior year and uh, two years later. So within those two years, I applied to ninety six jobs and was hired by one. And the I was like, man, what am I doing? Or I guess, two, what am I doing wrong? Like, is my like I have a I have a pretty stacked resume. Um, yeah. You know, what is it and and. You know, it could have just been timing. It could have been anything else. Um, but I think when you're when I finally got the ability to sit down with somebody and, and communicate, they're like, oh, OK. Like rather than just just being a, a, having a resume, I'm a, I'm a person. I have a personality. I can talk. I can do yeah. things. Um, and I think that was accomplished by, you know, being the, the kid who was, who was fearful and had to struggle and had to go and, and talk to all those props. But at the same time, be a personal trainer and then. Uh, talk to people all day and just like have them enjoy their time while I'm making them work out and they they probably don't like me the most and then they're sore and then they text me hey man I hate you so much like it happened yesterday somebody told me text me Ben I hate you why are, My can't even walk and, and like but the entire time you know the next day he comes back and, and, and you know we yeah. still trained um, and so and talking you know all those skills have, have made me into the person I am today and I think um, I, I, th- I thought that job was going to be there and, and it wasn't and yeah it was kind of fearful. It's was like, Oh man, did I waste my time? Um, and, and I, and you're right. I, I didn't. And, and it was just a matter of finding the spot and finding the timing and uh, trusting in that, in that process.
0: Yeah. And, and that's like, I'd love to share that information with kids. Cause I think if we know that going in, I think we would do diff- things differently. Like we all would. Um, if we knew that I've, I've got to. I've got to look at internships or that I've got to build relationships and build a network. Um, those are skills. I think, I think that, uh, that anybody can learn, but too often we learn them too late. Um, I, I had the benefit, you had the benefit of, we were kind of forced into a position where we had to develop those skills on our own because we were, because of fear, because we didn't want to fail or because we didn't want to come back home. And, um, and then I had, I had, because I think I'd taken the step of building those networks and asking for help, then I had a lot of people, and I always tell my students this, I had people that would like grab me by the hand and say, Jose, I knew, I'm going to take you here because you need to meet this person and you need to talk to this person. And I had a lot of people do that for me. And so I'm always happy to do that for students. But, you know, if I didn't know, and if they didn't, hadn't done that, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that on my own. I wouldn't have known who to go talk to. Um, and so I, you know, I I try to do that for my students. I think for the work that we want to do, the consulting work, that's what we want to do. Is we want to we want to build students' capacity to do that, so that they can do that for themselves, and 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 not rely so much on um, on sort of the the generosity of others. So I think I was fortunate. You know, I, I I think I I definitely worked hard, but I had a lot. There was a lot of luck that played into my favor.
1: Without a doubt, and, and so I, I'm in I'm in this position right now. I'm trying to understand. Um, you know, I'm in the masters. Just finished my first semester. Um, in your experience, how much of your masters was a networking opportunity, and how much of it was a, a a learning opportunity? I feel like in my position right now, you know, I'm not learning a heck of a lot, but uh, I'm at the the best you know program in the nation, and um, there's a lot of really awesome connections to be made. But since everything's online. I'm not making any really any true connections. I and mean, it's all it's all self-motivated, self-learning, which I mean is, is powerful in itself. But I think part of going to the university, part of going to and is my network. Um, and so, I mean, how much is was your experience worth the education versus ver, uh, the, the um, versus the education, education versus network? um
0: <clears throat> so i think for me it was the the masters was it did a couple of things one the education first because i think it confirmed for me that that i was uh that i really loved school like i loved learning i loved going to class i didn't always get all my reading done because <laughs> it was just too much reading but i loved i loved sitting and lecture and having those conversations and I thought, I think for if anything, it, it reinforced that I wanted to get a PhD. I thought, okay. I want, I, I love this so much and I can see myself and I could see myself possibly teaching like at a university. So I, this is what I think I want to do. Um, two, then it came, then came the networking and not only the networking, like in my program, you know, I had a small program it was a small cohort of us got to know them well. It's still connected to a lot of them today, but it expanded my network at the university. And so I was able to, to, to connect on a deeper level, like to do things that I hadn't done maybe, because I just stayed, I did I did what we do, we have a co-terminal masters. So I finished my bachelor's and while, while I was finishing up during my senior year, I applied to a co-terminal masters program at Stanford. So I stayed another year. So I got to do get more involved in different things that I hadn't done my first four years. And so that that's where it, it like, I built new networks took on new leadership roles, um, became like a graduate assistant in a program. And so I was able, like, it just it just strengthened, I think an already good network that I had.
1: Damn. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I mean, I, I am <laughs> moderately jealous of, of that opportunity. Just, cause, I mean, I, I feel like being online right now absolutely sucks, it really does like I feel like I'm I'm not able to connect with my profs the, the the couple times that I've been able to like personally zoom with them it's been a yeah. wonderful experience I'm like man this guy's really cool I really like the ideas I like having a yeah. conversation it makes more sense why we're learning what we're learning but then you know that was I I was able to do that once with each prof throughout the semester and, and it's like man like Part of part of who I am is being able to make those connections and, and and not having that ability really makes it hard to want to continue, to be honest with you. Um, and I think this next semester I might end up taking off um, and I don't know if, if that's the right decision or not. I, I think I need to continue to, to ask some people in my network um, if, if if that's the right decision and, and if if. Or should I just transfer to A&M and, and that would be, I know you're not supposed to get your, uh, one of my profs told me, you're not supposed to get your, all three degrees in the same spot. Um, so I, I didn't want to get my master's <laughs> here at a and uh, I wanted to move, but that, uh, that didn't end up playing out. Um, so I don't know if it's be, I don't know if it'd be more worth it to just come back down over here and end up. Uh, just transferring that that program, getting a master's here at A&M, or if I should just, you know, move on and do something else. I, like the the guy who owns uh Miramont and um he, he several different companies here in town, uh he has only a, a bachelor's of business administration. And yeah. he, you know, one of the wealthiest people um in America. I mean he he is like top thirty um and and all he has is a bachelor's, you know. Yeah. Um and so it makes me wonder how much is the master's worth it? And if, if I want financial stability or I want to build businesses, um, how much is my strength and conditioning master's going to be beneficial in that if somebody else can do it with only a bachelor's?
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's a good question. I think for you, it, it I think you're asking the wrong question for yourself. Because so far from what I've heard from you, the value, what you find value in, at least just from our conversation, is not, can I build a business? Can I build right in? in? It sounds like what is important to you is the the, the connections and building, and building a network, but having those experiences of meeting people that are going to broaden your, like, your experiences right that's what that's what you've said right now is most important to you that's what the focus was the building the business seems like an afterthought yeah because i think i think again people that that are successful in business i think it's it's a number of things right it's it's their networks it's about it's a little bit of luck being in the right place the right time finding a niche taking advantage of of uh of opportunity because maybe there is no opportunity. Um, and so, you know, the, the person that, that you're mentioning, like maybe have a conversation with him about why has he been successful? I have a feeling that's that's where it's going to go. But for you, I think the question you need to ask yourself is if you're going to continue online, but you're not going to have those kinds of connections and those kinds of experiences that seem important to you, then I think you've made your decision. I think Um, it sounds like learning is important to you, right? You value that. So you will learn either way online or in person. But then the next thing that sounds of importance to you is build these, those connections and those conversations and that not that it can't be done online. It's hard to do online. I think like some people are really good at it. If a program is is asynchronous and you just kind of log in and you're learning on your own, I wouldn't expect that experience. I wouldn't expect to be able to build those relationships. So if the education is important to you, transfer to AM. Because at least in AM, you'll know you'll have those experiences. You might strengthen existing networks or build new networks at AM.
1: Um, yeah. I think that's a good a really good takeaway and also a very good uh uh analysis if you will. I, I talk with uh, so I have a therapist and my therapist and I we have uh discussed that um a couple different things. One of them was um Uh, relationships are like are something that I hold at high value um very very high value for me um i also want to be open and explore and learn and all those good things as well um so i think that was kind of kind of cool um and then you said something else that i thought was really cool that i wanted to touch on um something oh man i wish i could remember you said something really good in there that i have to go back and i'll have to remember i have to come back with you yet um but gosh darn it um Either way, I think a building relationship is definitely important. And I think coming to A&M might be a, a better bet at the end of the day. Um, and and with that being said, I think going to the military is something that I've always wanted to do. Um, and I've been in this like, well, I could maybe, I don't know. And like, what am I, I going to do with my life? And I'm you know, trying to figure out what is the next step when um, I think just pulling the trigger on something is, is important at one point. Like You can do all the thinking and and. Um twiddling your I think it comes to a point where you start to, where I, I started to like just twiddle my thumbs and I was I was trying to debate between five different things and i I feel like I can do anything in my life. I really do I feel like I can pursue absolutely anything I really set my mind to. but I feel like I haven't been able to set my mind on anything because I've been stuck on this one idea of well, maybe I could do this. Um, and so I think I might as well give it a shot, try it out. And if, I end, if it ends up going well, then awesome. Um, kind of the same thing with powerlifting. When I first started, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go compete for Team USA. It's like, I really like this. I think it's a good idea. And I, I'm enjoying powerlifting. I enjoy working out. I might as well compete for it. Um, and then, I mean, I enjoy running. I enjoy, you know, working out now some life skills, I think that would be really good are like, you know, some, some weapons and some, um, you know, some seer training. I think like one of the things I want to do is be able to go hiking and stuff like that and feel comfortable and confident in those different challenging scenarios uh, that yeah. I don't think are taught, like how to set up a tent and how to, what berries can you eat out in about, you know, like, I know that <laughs> sounds, it sounds stupid, but it's like, I want to be able to go out to, uh, to San Diego National Forest and, and feel confident and comfortable, know how the equipment and I'm prepared just in case anything happens. Um, I, I just, I think that would be my next, cause otherwise I'm thinking I'm twiddling my thumbs now. Now, what is the next step from here? Do, do I transfer to A&M or do I go to the military? I think that's another um, another uh, thought that I think I'm going to, I have to do that mind mapping that I think would probably benefit me, figure out which from there is the next step.
0: I, I think um, try the vision board but try to, again, not try to own, own in on what is it that's important to you? I mean, you've, you've reiterated, right? Relationships, high regard. Um, but it also sounds like, um, skills, right? Building skills. Like you want to build as many skills as you can build your knowledge base. Yes. And so, you know, you asked earlier, like, how do you manage so many things when do you drop things? Um, for me, what I try to do is I try to figure out, Is what I'm doing? Is there a connection to something else that I'm doing? Um, And if there is, then I think I can I can weave everything together. And if something that I'm interested in doing just does not connect, does not fit, then that is probably something that I need to say I can't do that. Um, And so, because then I then I think I can focus my attention on the things that I think that I value more. So maybe try that and figure out like. You figure out like for yourself, like, you know, you see the military as maybe one, you're gonna build your leadership right. Two, you're gonna learn a lot of different skills. Can you do that without having to sacrifice something else? So like without having to sacrifice your education. So can you can you do the military in support of? So maybe, so maybe not enlisting, but maybe doing like the reserves. So it's only like, you know, what is it? A one weekend, you know, month or something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you're still going to get some of that. You're still going to get exposed to that training. You know, you're still going to get a lot of the benefits. So I think there are a lot of options out there for you. That's and I really think cool. really it's just honing in on what are, what is it that that you value the most that's going to maximize and contribute to that.
1: Those, um, those things that you find that you weave together, they're, they're multipliers is what it kind of sounds like. Like they, they, they're going to add to each other. So my, you know, your podcast is going to add to your business and then your business is going to add to your podcast and it's going to add to your teaching, your communication skills and so on and so on and so on. They, they all, they all multiply and build onto each other. And they, it's just, yeah, it's cool. They're, they're multipliers. You know, I think at, at the heart, I've always
0: said, I think at, at the heart I'm a storyteller that's how I always have always viewed myself. And and I can I can point to man second third grade like second third grade I loved ready writing and I loved writing stories, um, and so even like I see the podcast as storytelling, I see the consulting work as helping kids learn how to tell their story, um, you know, um, even my work at the university, that's how I kind of frame it. And so if I can connect it, and then I and then I I don't even know that I that I've shared this with you. So I, I'm also an aspiring screenwriter. So like I've you know I've, I've written a couple of screenplays. I I do creative writing in my spare time, I, that's how Aaron and I like got connected was because him and and a and a bunch of a bunch of his classmates that got kicked out of school. I was like you guys aren't doing anything. Let's get together and let's meet once a week and we'll just talk creative writing. We'll just write that's crazy cool. stories, and so that's how we got connected. So. So like there's there's that aspect, right but at the heart of it, I think is that storytelling. and so for me, I love telling stories and and it allows me to build relationships and get to know people and so if if the work that I'm doing allows me to do that, if I can weave storytelling in there,
1: then I then it it makes it fits for me That is yeah. that I love that that's awesome. so uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to sign off here, but yeah, but what would you say is one of those things? A failure that has turned that maybe had turned into success, or something that you had thought you had failed, and then you ended up becoming successful out of what? What do you if you had a story? What would that story be? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Um, man,
0: I think uh, so. My sophomore year in college, I failed a class. And 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 I failed at a lot of things. But I failed a class in college, and um, and it reinforced. It was one of the few classes where I didn't ask for help, and I don't know why. I thought I was there doing everything right. I think right. I was operating under uh, a lot of um, uh, assumptions, A lot of assumptions that I think a lot of kids operate under, and so I thought I didn't need help. And then I failed the midterm. Thought I didn't need help, failed the second midterm, thought I didn't need help, failed the final. And um and I never asked, I didn't ask for help till right at the end and the professor said, well, say you should have come see me sooner. I could have helped you had you come sooner. And I think that reinforced a lot of the other things. Like I think I was doing well at that point. That semester was like winter semester, winter quarter. And I think I had just earned like all A's or something the semester before. So I was getting a little cocky and I thought, I don't need the help. I figured it out. We always need help, no matter how successful we get. I think it reinforced for me that we can always learn a little more. And there's always somebody that knows more than us and has more experience than us. And regardless of where we're at, we're always gonna need that extra hand. And for me, that experience just reinforced that.
1: Beautiful. All right, well, thank you, Jay. Thank you for coming on, I really appreciate it. Make sure you guys go check out uh, Jay's podcast, Creo, uh, and podcast. It's on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, all the places. Pandora, uh, yeah. Pandora. I like the guy on Pandora. It's cool. All right, sir. Well, thank you again. Y'all take care. Thank you all for tuning in and see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening. This has been the Ben Real Podcast. See you in the next one.